Thank you for joining us for this episode of Build, Hustle, Grow. I am Bio Adelaja, and this week I've chosen a new free downloadable resource for you to build, hustle and grow even better. It's called How to Create the Optimum Vision. All you have to do to get this free downloadable resource is go to the Black and Good website and then go to the specific page, Optimum Vision. So it's blackandgood.com forward slash optimum hyphen vision. Now on to the podcast. One of the greatest failures I ever had in my business journey was my inability to retain one of my best friends as a member of my team. You know when you first start out in your business and you're excited and building things, so you get your friends involved? Well, this was kind of like that. When I first launched Do It Now Now, I was extremely scared of failing and even more so of failing publicly. That fear was affecting my ability to lead because when I felt the fear, I responded by turning that energy into a desire to control things, which meant that I was pretty much a chronic micromanager. It all really came to a head when my best friend and I were invited to take part in an investor campfire event. There were 20 startups chosen and each startup got the opportunity to spend 30 minutes talking to an investor. There were 14 investors in total. The point of the event was that they would show you all the gaps in your business and then send you a way to fix them. Well, after 14 heavy conversations in which we both sat and pitched and listened all over again and again, we ended up inspired and energized and ready to tackle all the problems that the investors had pointed out. The problem with that though, is that when we separated and I was home alone and left kind of pacing up and down my apartment completely overtaken with a fear of failure and entirely overwhelmed by how much work I had to do to make the vision for Dirt Now Now come to life, or at least the vision those investors had created for Dirt Now Now to come to life. I kind of went a bit loopy. So I called her and basically turned everything that they had said into a task for her to complete and for me to manage. It's still to this day one of the most horrible things I've ever done as a leader. I fully screwed up. I I say I went loopy because three days later, I called her again and I basically said, forget everything I asked you to do. I'm sorry, I basically made everything your responsibility. I'll think of a better way to handle it. But it wasn't the first time I'd followed a rabbit hole down the wrong path and changed my mind and changed it again. Because I was so scared of failing, I would basically follow any kind of growth fad or growth marketing trend and it it just wasn't the best leadership strategy. So the damage had been done and I just wasn't in the best frame of mind to be leading at that point and I had to go away and work on myself. So that's how the most patient person I have ever met in my entire life quit on me. She'd finally had enough of my micromanaging and my ever-growing list of demands and as is her character, she handled the entire situation really kindly and helped me until I handled well I had a handle on everything myself and I could make things work without her. I'm extremely grateful that she remains one of my best friends to this day and chose to understand my behavior of like going back and forth, changing my mind, micromanaging, leading from fear as just my fear talking rather than as an indictment of our friendship. That whole thing taught me a lot about myself, my leadership style and the type of person I want to be and it really set me on a journey to ensure that I could be the best leader possible for my organization. 
while, to be honest, there have been a few more learning curves since then, leadership-wise, none were as steep as that one. Hi, I'm Baya Deleja, and over the past 10 years, I have been through the unimaginable when it comes to running my business and helping thousands of other entrepreneurs run their own. I've seen all of the problems that you could possibly be facing right now, or at least a lot of them. And from that learning, I can help you understand some of the key tenants you should pay attention to when you come to build, hustle and grow your business. Welcome to Build, Hustle, Grow. On this week's episode, I'm talking about building a team that will champion your work. Today, we're talking about teaming up champions. I don't know what came to mind when you read that title, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. So let me explain clearly. Every member of your team should be able to champion you in external spaces as an advocate. Every member of your team should be a champion in their field of expertise. And every member of your team should be able to effectively work with other champions. Building a team is much more than getting a bunch of people to do tasks for you. It's also about making sure you're building a culture and an operating method that means more people are attracted to your team. You are able to get tasks done and you're able to foster good relationships between your team members so that they're all working together to bring in more collaboration and innovation into your organization. The three questions I'm covering are, why do I need a team versus freelancers? What do I need in the perfect team? And how should the ideal team operate? So the first one, why do I need a team versus freelancers? So depending on the stage you're in in your business, you may not be in a position where you're able to employ people, meaning issue employment contracts that give your company the responsibility to pay for their national insurance or a number of other things that could be in need as a legal employee. In that case, you may be paying people and they are technically freelancers in your organization. Otherwise, you may be entirely dependent on sweat equity. You could also have a mixed model where you have a couple of employees, a few freelancers, and then some people working for free with a view that at some point you'll start paying them for what they're doing. Once you can afford to, that's what sweat equity means. So I'm going to be a little bit liberal with this question and frame it to mean, why do you need a team of people that are working with you towards a specific goal versus having a group of freelancers that work on different parts of your business from time to time as you see a need and you can afford to pay? Well, I've been on both sides of this experience and I can genuinely tell you that I've found having a team, a dedicated group of people on a mixed model of employees, freelancers, and the awesome humans who put in that sweat equity for us is the best decision I have ever made. I used to think that it was better to just have a group of freelancers I could call on when I found something I couldn't do, or I needed to hand over work to someone else because I didn't have time to do it. But honestly, it was super lonely. Having a team around you is about having people that will stand beside you and behind you when you're taking a beat down in public. Having a team is about having a group of people that will become your friends, work day in and day out with you to make stuff happen that will eventually solve the problems you all care about solving. The building part of a business, that part is a slog. It is a long hike up a very steep hill. Hustling and growing, that's fun. The hustling, that's the strategy. That's what most people think running a business is, like power suits and power meetings. Growth is the evidence of hard work paying off, but 90% of the actual work is building. And when you're building alone, 
and the only relationships that you have that are connected to this very hard thing that you're doing are entirely transactional, you're going to get really lonely. Don't underestimate the effects of loneliness on your staying power as an entrepreneur. The only reason I didn't quit Do It Now Now in the early days, even in the midst of really quick growth and semi-regular power move moments, was because I had the right people around me. I talked about my friend who championed me and made it her business to make sure I was okay, even when we stopped working together. That's pretty much what a team brings. They're a group of people that care about you as a person just as much as they care about the mission of your business. And that's really important to have. Second question, what do I need in the perfect team? I'm glad I get to share this because I've been working on the perfect core team model for a while in my head. You may have heard someone talk about the perfect team as a formation of three people performing three key roles, the hipster, the hacker, the hustler. The hipster designs everything from your customer experience to your product, visuals, basically the experiential stuff. The hacker does the research and the building of your tech product or your product in general to make sure you have the best product or service out there for the people particularly your people, your ideal customers. There's the hustler. That's the one that's responsible for going out and selling the thing, pitching it to different people and getting it featured in all the right places so that your product or service gets the recognition that it needs. I like that model. I do think it works, but it was designed particularly for the tech world, which isn't necessarily that transferable to other industries, ideas, or inclusive and healthy working styles, to be honest. So, as I said, I have been working on an alternative model. Here it is. In my humble opinion, I think every team needs to drive. You need a designer, a renegade, an innovator, a venturer, and an energizer. Drive. So, the D is for designer. Like the hipster, you're going to need someone that just make sure everything you put out into the world meets a certain standard and goes out ready to take on the market you're in. The designer is a multifaceted role because they have to be able to interpret information and data and then put that to work in creating something that reflects where you want your organization to be in the market. Tom Chi, one of the designers of Google Glass, did a TED talk on rapid prototyping that could be helpful when you're thinking about this team position. The R is for renegade. Do you remember that Jay-Z song, Renegade? I remember growing up, it was one of the 44 songs I had on my mini disc player, including one of my all-time favorites, Get Here by Oletta Adams. If you have not heard either of those songs, please look them up. They are both awesome. I digress. Renegades see things differently. You need that. You need at least one person who just has that thing in them that needs to question the status quo and wonder if it can be done better. It's a type of creativity that can be practiced and learned over time, but some people are just on another level of curiosity and have a little spark of positive rebellion that makes something good, great. The I is for innovator. This is a tricky one because people's ideas about what innovation means can be very different and that malleability of the definition is imperative to this role. The innovator is the person that is constantly thinking of good ways to establish your organization in new spaces. It's pretty generalist in terms of skill set, but if you don't have an innovator that's finding new use cases for your product or service, seeking new partnerships and new opportunities, you're not going anywhere fast. The V is for venture, literally a venture. It's about adventure and growth, but it is certainly about adventure. 
This is the person that sets out to ensure that you are delivering on your growth targets. Goal setting and more importantly, goal keeping is so important to ensure that you stay on track from the development to the implementation of your plans. You need someone to kind of think through all the steps and set relevant targets and organize everything based on a time frame that actually works so that you can get where you want to go in the best way possible. You can also think about it in terms of venture capital or social investment. Your venture is the person that is ensuring you are hitting the targets that will make your organization a valuable and worthwhile investment. The E is for energizer. Time, pace and workload are three things that greatly affect your team satisfaction with your organization. The role of the energizer is to watch out for the energy of the team. It's all about being really emotionally intelligent so you can solve problems within your team before they foster and become detrimental to your continued function as a team or as an organization. You may have noticed as you've thought about all of the different letters and what they mean, none of the roles are specifically tech focused or sales or basically any specific job description. They're more like types of people you should seek to attract to your team. That's because in this model of the ideal team, everyone is an all-rounder with a speciality in one specific thing. I wanted to design something that could factor into the culture and spirit of every good entrepreneurial team and what they should have. You can hire people in to do the really specialist stuff, but for your core team, you guys should challenge each other and help each other lead your organization towards the fulfillment of the big vision. Don't get me wrong. It's really important, though, that you invest in the development and training of your team and foster those specialist things that they're going to be focused on within your skill set as a as a team. So it's a, a basically it's a healthy balance you need personalities you need people that will kind of do those different functions but you also need people that are good at a thing that you need them to be doing take with that what you will third question how should the ideal team operate well the first thing and the most important thing is that all of you should really be driving towards the same vision you all have to care about the vision and see your business or your organization and the work you're doing day in and day out, that business building slog as a necessary task to get you closer and closer to the vision of the world that you want to create. Without that, you'll find it very difficult to retain your team when things get heavy and there isn't a lot of growth evidence that tends to get people excited. So make them feel validated about the hard work that they're putting in by kind of reminding them constantly of this vision. I I tend to say, start every meeting, especially when in the hard days, start every meeting with just a reminder that this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is why we're having these hard days right now. It's really important to just get people on that same vision track. The second thing to make sure that you're treating each other with compassion. That's a culture thing that you have to be really intentional. Well, intelligent about it, but intentional about fostering. Remember, even when people leave your organization, they'll continue to represent your organization and the stories they tell can either harm you or help you. Be sure that they can tell stories that will help you. That doesn't mean doing things that you can't afford, like free lunch or other things that you might have seen larger companies do. It does mean thinking very specifically about the values you have and what you want your company to espouse. For example, I personally value transparency everything I do. I make sure that my team knows exactly what is going on as soon as it makes sense to share it with them. When anyone joins the team, 
they have to complete an onboarding questionnaire and we specifically ask things like when do you prefer meetings to happen are you a spontaneous phone call person or a put it in my calendar kind of person do you like knowing the whole plan or do you just want to know what you need to know right now how do you like feedback to be given to you There are a bunch of other questions that we ask and it does really get our people to think about things in the way that works best for them. And it isn't a perfect system because things happen and sometimes we just need to throw preferences out the window and act with urgency. But if we spend 70% of our time working within the preferences of the individuals that we're working with, we can ensure they have a good experience of working with us. I mean, that's the plan anyway. And finally, the ideal team has the proper processes in place. I mentioned part of our onboarding process just a few seconds ago. It's a whole thing and there are many hours spent ensuring that any person that we bring on is ready to hit the ground running. If you don't have the time to onboard and manage someone effectively, don't bring them on. You even need to know when to turn a volunteer down. There is only so much time you have and your team has to do all this work to help people get on board effectively. So make sure you're doing it at the right time in the right way. Before you bring anyone on, even if that person is offering to work for free, you need to factor in the amount of time it will take to train them in the way you do things and help them get acclimated into your organization. If you don't have the time to onboard them properly, don't do it. Or just make the time. The truth is everyone that works for you will go on to tell stories about you and those stories, like I said, can either help you or harm you. They can either be good or bad. There are no neutral experiences. It's your job as the leader of your organization to ensure that everyone you work with has a good experience of it. If they don't, analyze the whole situation and then make the necessary changes so that that negative experience doesn't repeat itself in the future. So that was a highlight reel of some of the things that I've learned over the years when it comes to building a team that will champion your work. I hope it was useful and I hope you'll join me in two weeks when I'll be sharing some of the hard learned lessons I've gotten over the years when it comes to new market entry. If you haven't already, please share this podcast with your friends. Plus remember, you can head over to the podcast page on the Black and Good website to get show notes for this episode, as well as a free download to help you build, hustle and grow.